legendary. We legendary. We legendary. And I am. I can't get no sleep. I can't get no sleep. I just had to bury my grandmama last week. I said a prayer and touched her hand before she hit the ground. She died of cancer and I'm still smoking these black and mild. Swear that I'm gonna put them down one day. But every time I put it down, I just pick up a drink. Cause rap can only take so much up off a nigga brain. They took Bam out the game in the worst way. They say that. Hit some kids with the gunplay. They lock Northside, Weezer up for rap, man. My nigga Sensei still in the chain game. I gotta play. Please don't let them do bullshit the same. A decade in the game, partner. I see some younger artists getting it popping. Can't question talent, cause they got it. They just need the knowledge. We giving back without a non profit. Rapping body, see the sleeping, but the feds watching niggas stay woke. What's up, everybody? This is your boy Cole Jackson. I am here with another. Well, this is more like a listener companion. Listener companion? Did you say companion. that? We do yeah, a listener's companion. That's what we're going to do. This is a listener's companion. So, I'm here with the one and only Eugenius. Um, and I am. That's right, man. Out of Birmingham. <laughs> This was one of my first, when I started the site, one of my first interviews. Still one of the biggest listened interviews that we had, too. Ah, man. So, it's, uh, <laughs> we appreciate the love. <laughs> Thank you, man. I know, I was, I was the second one. Shout out to Lauren Michelle. She was the first person y'all interviewed. So, yeah, but so this we rock with y'all a long way. So, any anytime we can come through, it's all love. It was it was outside, though, but that was, you was the first interview I had outside my friend zone. Because <laughs> Lauren is like, <laughs> Lauren like family, so she don't count. That's my family right there. So straight up. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, man? Tell everybody what you been up to. Man, I'm in grind mode, getting this uh, Ubix, the Ubix Cube set to come out September first. So Ubix Cube. That's had all of my attention as of late. Really? Yes. So tell me about the new project. Like, tell me, tell me about the Ubix Cube. Like the name. Like where that come from? Um, the album is built off a of thesis. I was having a uh, conversation. Um, with one of my friends, and he was telling me how, like, uh, well, you know, we ain't gonna even go into the conversation. <laughs> but uh, the I, the thesis that I wrote down based off the, uh, com- you know what? Let's backtrack even further. Okay. Um, last BYNK uh, radio interview. Right. He actually about my writing process. Yeah. And I was like, it's like a Rubik's cube or a game of Jenga, <laughs> and that originally sparked the idea for the album. But when I thought about the concept and how would I even approach that. Uh-huh. Um, the thesis that I built it off of was that breaking down the psyche of the young black male is as complicated as solving the Rubik's Cube. Right. That's the whole process of the album of what we're att- what I'm attempting to do conceptually mm-hmm. is to dive deep. So it's a very cerebral project. Right. You know, it's very. It's not like third person view where you're you know hearing sound effects and all. It's very. It's content heavy. Right. Real heavy on the content. So. Right. But I think that's that's needed at this point, you know, to balance things out. That's what something I was gonna say to you about the project too. I was gonna tell you, cause I've heard it. I just tell everybody now, I've heard it. 
and it's needed. Like this project is really needed, man. What, like this has been the year kind of like for for people to have concept albums. Was that something that you was thinking? But was that something you was thinking about doing? Well, I mean, yeah, I plan on putting out an album this year, um, but conceptual. I mean, I'm always my albums are always conceptual. Right. Whether you know you go back to from this to. Uh, Universal Understanding mm -hmm. when we last sat down, mm -hmm. um, the Roaring Two Thousands, uh, Million Dollar Dreams, Genetic Disorder, the Brainstorm Pluto Project. If you go back to my history, mm -hmm. everything is a conceptual album. Right. Uh, even Beyond the Block. I mean, I didn't try so hard to tie everything together because it was more so like a collaboration. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't want to do too too much, but but now nah, this is a legit album album so yeah it was definitely planned to be conceptual right right um you had brought up beyond the block which like you you actually released that since the last time that we talked and i never really got a chance to sit down with you and actually go over beyond the block with you <laughs> um but that that came out like 2016 in august uh, which is kind of like we 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 still we you know we they they year beyond the block it was real feature heavy, man, right? Yeah. What what was you what was you going through? What what made you just drop Beyond the Block? Cuz that kind of for me that came out of nowhere. I didn't even know it was coming out. I mean, the thing is because I have the uh, access to make so much music mm -hmm. that you know, I'm always working on something. And even beyond that, I work with a lot of people. A lot of times I reach out to artists, artists reach out to me. Right. And, and Beyond the Block was really a lot of tracks that I had on ice. Uh, I probably did maybe four new songs for that, to be honest. Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe, maybe it was four or five new tracks out of the total 18, 19 tracks that was on that project. Right. And really, like I said, it just comes from working with so many artists. I always hear, you know, we, we need more unity, we need more... You know, a lot of people talk about it, and it's cool, I understand the conversation piece. Uh, my thing is like, I'm not... Because I don't even preach unity, I preach productivity. Right. That's what I try to focus on. So my thing was like, let me show that this can be done, you know. So, and every feature was connected to Alabama in one way or another. Right. Every single feature, every single producer, everybody on the album is connected to Alabama. Right. So that was the main point of Beyond the Block to show that we can go beyond the stereotypical hood type of music that we have. We can go beyond the hood circumstances that we're born into, and it was low key. Uh, uh, a, a prequel, like a, a <laughs> setting for the Ubik's Cube, if you get it. Like, right. Universal Understanding ended with Itty Was Here, while it's like, uh, and Beyond the Block started with Itty Was Here, mm -hmm. um, with the uh, with the block reference. So it was like, uh, so I repped the block for all the love I got since the beginning. Mm -hmm. Breaks down the idea of what the block is. Right. Then it had songs like Block to Block, mm -hmm. Block Party. You know, yeah. So it was all in. It was the alley oop for the Ubik's Cube. So yeah. we could dive deeper into that. So yeah. Yeah. So with the new project, Ubik's Cube, is there a lot of features on here? Because when I listen to it, I ain't hear that many. Well, not as much as Beyond the Block. No, nah, it's not as much as Beyond the Block. Beyond the Block was purposely done with all the features because I wanted to include as many people as possible. Uh, with the Ubik's Cube. It definitely has the in-house 
uh, family on there. Right. Now, the strange thing about that is the in-house family is very, very big. So it's, yes. it, it, is, <laughs> it is a lot of features on there, yeah. but it's spread out and everybody's utilized to the best of their ability so that it doesn't sound like it's a whole lot of features. It doesn't feel like it's feature heavy. You know, right. It still feels like a solo album, but everybody contributed to it in one way or another. Right. Um, so yeah, it definitely still has features, you know, uh, Kenya Latrice, Love, More, No So Foster, D Skills, Chris J, mm -hmm. Baron Amato, India Rashad, uh, Odie James, mm -hmm. did some background vocals, uh, Leon Jordan, you know, it's yeah. my brothers, D-Man and Tobin Bay, like everybody has something that they contributed on. Right. Even the producers uh, from the Robot House family, Swayze, mm -hmm. Koji, uh, Izzy the producer. Right. Um, you know, and even out, and it's the outside features like Chicken George from Club AM, mm -hmm. D Horn, like it's uh, Joy Joy. Uh, it's it's a lot. Squeeze playing guitar, mm -hmm. Tanny Way from New Orleans. Uh, it's a lot. <laughs> it's just like I said, just everybody's utilized to the best of their ability, so that it went off. It wasn't most about working with everyone. It was about making the right songs right. Uh, for the album. Right. Do you think you stepped? Cause you got a lot of projects, man. Mm -hmm. um, with this one, do you think you kind of stepped outside of your your norm, like outside of your box, or do you think that was this is something that's still in the wheelhouse of what you normally do? Cause I've heard a lot of your projects, man. I think this is. I feel like it's a lot different than some of your other projects. Uh, it's kind of hard to say because what I normally do is step outside the box. So, <laughs> so I mean, it's like you know, like it's. Because my, my whole goal is not to be like a, a considered a conscious rapper. That's mm -hmm. not what I, you know, make the music for. And I know at first listen a lot of people take it as that. But when you break down the stories and the messages and the content in the music, it's really on a base level, it's almost the exact same thing that a lot of trap rappers and hood rappers talk about, uh, with a different perspective. And even the same things that you get from your more conscious artists like uh tribe or kendrick or right. cole or you know and just with a different perspective right it's like that middle lane that encompasses you know a wider view you know right. i'm not trying to be deep i'm trying to be you know vast if, if that makes sense yeah like on um, for me the way i always looked at you as far as like ever since i started listening to your music was just a storyteller you know what i'm saying like i looked at you as like yo i'm, I'm telling y'all these stories about what's really going on and that don't necessarily i mean being a conscious rapper, like, I get it. Like, they're talking about, like, the world views and all this other stuff. I think for you, it's just, like, different things that are happening. And you're telling the story. Like, you let people know, like, yo, this is really what's going on. Right. And the thing about that is I don't do a lot of storytelling rap. But it's, in the, <laughs> it's in the concept of the album. Right. Because it plays from beginning to end. That's right. something I do specifically for every album. I do, Every track needs to tie into the next one. Mm -hmm. So that you get the full idea of what this album is. Right. So that's that's the story in the album, the concept itself. That's how I do storytelling rap. Everything is told in like present time or first person view. But not necessarily with the mechanics of traditional storytelling mm -hmm. golden age hip hop it's just the concept is very nostalgic of that right. so it's, it gives you that feeling of playing a cassette tape or listening to a vinyl from beginning to end without mm -hmm. skipping right that's how we build the album i mean let me ask you a question real quick i know we talking about the album is listening companion but real quick quick question do you think that we need to get back to telling stories as far as hip-hop is concerned right now like is that something that we need to be doing 
Um, not necessarily. Um, I mean, because storytelling is one is one form of rap. You know, it's like uh, rap is a tool, and storytelling is you know an objective, which could be something as small as putting a nail in a piece of wood, or mm. ripping a nail out of a piece of wood, or you know, bending something. It's just one part of what rap is. Right. I understand that's a lot of people' favorite part. It's storytelling <laughs> rap, like it is a. It is something. It is a, a lost art. I right. would say that. So I see why people would want more of it. Um, I don't necessarily feel like they have to tell stories. What we do have to get back to is understanding that rap is still a form of poetry mm-hmm. and learning how to tap into people's emotions rather than people's pockets or their drug habits or anything that's detrimental to them. You right. know what I mean? We have to get back and rap has to get more back in touch with. It. The actual person, right. the person that's making it, and the person that's receiving it, it needs to be a more of a connection there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like now you sing about, and no disrespect, because I was just talking about this the other day. Like I like how the song feel, but you know, think about you running around yelling, "All my friends are dead." Oh, <laughs> <It's an> <laughs> I just had a conversation about that same. But the shit is groovy. I came from. Yeah. I even listened to it, but at the same token, like those are the messages that we're conveying in rap these days. So. But everybody's so depressed like, or something. You're like, I don't That's get it. That's a new thing. <laughs> I mean, before it was like gangster rap. Then it moved into the phase of, you know, being the baller and the, you know, stunner. And then it went into, you know, instead of being the drug dealer. Well, it was a drug dealer. Then it went into being the drug user. <laughs> now it's in a phase of being depressed. Right. So... I mean, the industry always finds a new way to capitalize on a certain particular emotion, viewpoint, or perspective that they're going to use to push their agenda. But, you know, that's not the sole purpose of rap. That's just what sells these days right now. Right. So, getting into another aspect, when, because I know you want your listeners to, to think about things. Like, when you got people listening to this, to this new project, what do you want your listeners to, to think about or what you want them to feel when you when they listen to this new project? I just want them to feel the sincerity of the music. Um, and I want them to to think, not even to feel anything, just to think. Think about, you know, what they feel on a day-to-day. How does these songs relate to them? Mm-hmm. Because it sounds like these whole, I mean, like, it's, the perspective itself may go a little deeper in a rabbit hole, mm-hmm. um, but the situations that I'm rapping about is everyday life. So whether that's you know going to work and you know how do you fit into this job or how do you fit outside of work, mm-hmm. uh, you know how how often do you feel death around you? How do you feel about being born in Alabama? Right. If, if you're born in Alabama, you know what I mean. How do you feel living in Alabama? What are you running to? What are you running from? You know, these are everyday questions that people have. They mm-hmm. just don't share openly. But like I said, it's more cerebral. So that's what I'm trying to tap into to be like, hey, you thought about these things yet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it more kind of like a wake up call? No, nah, not necessarily. Um, it's just a it's a it's a it's a critical thinking analysis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because with wake up call, you know, I'm not telling anybody what to do. Right. Um, from the music, that's not the point. Like, I'm not trying to tell y'all, wake up, do this, blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> definitely not trying to be the hotel rapper. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nobody want to be the hotel rapper, though. <laughs> but I mean, if anything, like I said, it's more critical thinking. It's like, yeah. uh, I made a purpose on this album and writing it to not to provide any answers. Mm-hmm. 
So every a lot of it is observation and experience. Those are the two key ingredients to the album: observation and experience. So it's no answers. I'm just telling you what I what I see and what I've been through. Yeah. And I tell you what to do with it, but learn from my experience or learn to view it how I saw it. Maybe you may be able to peep the game a different way. So that's that's the idea of the album. So yeah. that use listeners can draw their own conclusion of what they need from it and how they want to move going forward after they hear the album. You think it's easy to convey the message when it's going through your eyes, like through your perspective? Um for me, um, the message that I'm trying to push, it's easy for me to understand it because I've been through it mm. and I already know how the project ends, but also where I'm at in life now. Right. Because uh, honestly, the whole album, I mean, the last year and a half, I've had probably the best years of my life. Um, but at the that's same awesome. time, <laughs> like that's that's awesome. But at the same time, it's like, how do you reach this point with so much shit going on? With you know, mm-hmm. with such and such an office and this and that happening over here, mm-hmm. and you know, everybody's angry now. Like, how do you keep your piece of happiness? And I ain't like the happiest person in the world, or I ain't you know, I ain't oblivious to shit. Right. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But I understand how important keeping my joy is right i can't let nothing steal my joy at this point right so and it's like how did i get to that point that's the feeling that the album is based off of right like that time before the year and a half that i started to enjoy life (laughs) i mean i enjoyed life before then but just really getting a grasp on it you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. and that's that's so because i've already been through that that's i think the message is easier to understand, but I know how I make music. Right. You know? It ain't the jig songs, it ain't the club songs, it ain't <laughs> the song with the best vibe all the time. It's like blunt force truth. Uh, a lot of I like that. <laughs> but at the same time, it's very complicated, it's very cryptic, it's very like hieroglyphic in the writing yeah. process. The yeah. punchlines ain't easy to understand. <laughs> it, it takes. Uh, you have to use both ears, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the whole thing of me being you genius. If you understand what I'm saying, you the genius. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it's not based off me knowing everything. You can understand what I'm saying. If you get it, you the genius. But you know, um, like I said, it, it may be easier for some. It may not be easy for some. Mm-hmm. But the beauty of it is that if you do like how it sounds sonically and how it feels, mm-hmm. you'll find something new every time. Sorry. Like, I'm gonna ask you one more question and then we're gonna get we're gonna get to a few of these songs. Um but last time before this came out, the last time I seen you was like I'm going in hibernation, bro. Like Yeah. I'm going in the hibernation and you like left social media, you left like everything. Is is this the is this the baby from that? Yes. I when I when I go into it, I do a I try to plan to do an album every two years. And I will say this is gonna be my last time of me doing a full 80 minute album because I got a habit of that it'll be like more condensed or EPs and you know instead of printing up CDs and all I ain't trying to do all of that because how people consume music is changing and all that's a whole other story wait so you mean to tell me (laughs) wait wait hold on because you're about to skip some so you mean to tell me this is going to be your last full album like for how I make albums full 80 minute projects printing up the CDs the box sets all of that yeah but I'm gonna continue to make music. I know I'm gonna that. Start making music, but like maybe 
eight, nine tracks, maybe ten. <laughs> like, you know. But EPs I'm, only from here on out. Yeah, I mean, I have a few other things I want to do with music. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not even with music necessarily, just like uh, different things I want to get into personally. Like, yeah, music as well, of course, but uh, things like audio characters I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also being able to, you know, um, I'm not trying to be the one guy that runs this hip-hop thing into the ground. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to be able to use my experience to help out other artists as mm-hmm. well. So that's what I'm looking to do more than anything. Like, be like, hey, let's let's do this. Or, you know, be a, a, a reason for wisdom, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh Young man for war, old man for wisdom. <laughs> so that's what I'm, that's what that's the phase I'm moving into. I'm still relatively young, but you know, yeah. for how I make music and how I like to build these long, complicated twenty track idea albums, it just takes a lot out of me, and I feel I could be more productive in other ways than to keep making twenty track albums every yeah. two years. So, yeah. and I can put out music more quickly, rapidly, and more condensed ideas with. EP format and mm-hmm. other things that I want to do, but yeah. yeah. And for the people who didn't listen to the first interview, you've been doing this since you was like young boy. Yeah, I mean, I've been <laughs> rapping since I was nine. I've been recording since I was fourteen. I turned twenty nine after this album come out, so I've done this literally more than half of my life, <laughs> like, <laughs> just on the recording tip. So, right, right. Know, rapping wise, I've been rapping for twenty years now. So, <laughs> you know, it's. Is, I have a large catalog, you know what I mean, and and thank God that I've been able to do that because a lot of people, you know, it's it's hard to even take that first step. Right. Nonetheless, you know, have a catalog that ranges as far as mine. Right. You know what I mean, and, and a lot of people don't have that. Yeah, at all. You know what I'm saying. A lot of people don't even get the opportunity. You know, which is why I do so much because I feel like it's a kid somewhere in America that would kill to have a you know access to the studio, the equipment, the resources, the people, you know, mm-hmm. things that I have that allow us to work as frequently as I do and as frequently as we do as a collective. Right. And it's a shame for me not to use this. Right. When I know there's somebody out there who would kill, literally kill somebody for this. So just using it to the best of my abilities and respectfully to the craft, you know. That's dope, man. I don't know if people say this to you enough, man, but you very appreciated you know what i'm saying i well i'm personally saying that you know what i'm saying you do a lot i mean people don't if you're not in the birmingham area you're not from the birmingham area you don't really know how much this dude does for the community and 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 for a lot of these artists that's here you know what i'm saying so so every now and again it's cool to tell somebody that you appreciate it you know you might hear you might hear thank you or something like that but i don't know if you ever hear somebody say i really do i I, I appreciate it man it's it's I'm thankful for it all, man. Like, listening. The, the fact that people will take the time out their day to listen to what I'm saying is still mind-blowing to me. That's something mm-hmm. I'll never be able to get used to. Um, but nonetheless, I, I appreciate the ears. I appreciate people tuning in. You ever came to a show, bought a CD, click the link. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'm thankful for it all, man. I just make sure to keep that in mind as I'm putting something out so that I do it to the best of my ability and with the integrity that it should be done with man dope man alright love that we're gonna give them what five songs four yeah, songs yeah, we we're can, gonna give them we're gonna give we, them we can go with the first five songs we, since the uh, pre-order is a, will be available on ldlrmusic.com that's probably gonna be up now okay um so 
And what we're going to do is we're going to give you guys snippets, but after we're done with this whole listener campaign, you're going to get the first five songs on station. Can we play? Can we play first five? Oh, yeah. four or five? Okay, we're going to do that. Yeah. We're going to give them the first five songs after the listener campaign. That way you can hear what's going on. They can come to it. Tell yeah, them where they go to. LDLRmusic.com or And I Am Eugenius on all social media networks or LDLR Music on all social media networks. I'm pretty sure we're going to have links everywhere. Um, if you're in the Birmingham area, September 1st, go to uh, facebook.com slash LDLR Music or just search the Ubik's Cube Silent Listening Party. You should be able to pull it up on Eventbrite. You can RSVP, RSVP. come kick it in a real world type loft at Saturn Birmingham and <laughs> hear the album in full uh, on personal headphones along with the rest of the city. You can all hear it at the same time in full detail and experience it. Just like you listening to it by yourself but doing that with a crowd of people. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. So we gonna do go start with the first song. The first song is called Euonymous Europeus, which is so hard for <laughs> Everybody trips on that name. Like, what is this? But uh, Euonymus Europaeus is a poisonous tree. Uh, the poisonous tree is symbolic of, we'll say, the American social system as it relates to black people. Okay. Like I said, definitely not the, not even to black people, just to people in general. Um, fun fact, every song on this album is, like, tied to a different movie. Mm-hmm. Um and like Euonymus Europaeus, you know, Europaeus being of Europe, European descent, colonization of America, Native mm-hmm. Americans, you know, just and how U.S. has a control on the world. Um, it's just this, it's the idea of the system. And that idea of a tree being a system branches from the movie, mm-hmm. The Hunger Games. If you paid attention to the second one, they had to destroy the tree in order to break out of the game. Right. Uh, in order to break out of the system. Right. And then when they started to really fight back against the system in like the third one, they sung a song called The Hanging Tree. Um, and that ties back into the system of U.S. Because I'm in Alabama, we had literal hanging trees here. Mm-hmm. So it helps set the tone for the setting and the environment of which where the CD will take place. Right. Um, yeah, that's your honor, your It's way deeper this time. <laughs> it's way deeper. It's way deeper. How can I love something so much? To the point where it drive me crazy. How can I hate that which I love? When it's everything that didn't made me. Does my environment hold the blame? Or is it the seed from which I came? This you want to must in me. It seems that we are one and the same. Maybe the way I'm thinking is the forbidden fruit that I see hanging. I dig deep to find the truth. To find that our roots are entangled Red clay and dry plasma Decomposed branches of family Was I planted by no hands? Or was I forced to grow from where I landed? Under my feet are dead leaves Number two, eulogies? Yeah, eulogies. So, um... That's kind of cryptic. It is, it is. It's a little bit cryptic. Uh... Because eulogies represents, uh, eulogies come with after death. Mm-hmm. And the idea of uh, death branches from the 
the idea that we're born into this system, we may as very well, we may already be dead men walking. And then we all do have to die, literally. Mm. But the fear can haunt people for their whole lives. And in some cases, that fear can empower people. It just depends on how you want to view it. Um, also, uh, eulogies, you know, like I said, from the previous track, you want to with uh, the hanging tree, the sample in eulogies is uh, liberation mm-hmm. with Erica Badu. And, yeah. Uh, niggas hang around because of who you are, but niggas hanging from the hanging tree in the first track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the whole idea of like, I might have to kill these niggas, whether it's uh, the social construct system, yeah. whether it's um, the capitalistic market of America, mm-hmm. whether it's me killing rappers, metaphorically, of course. Yes, of course. Um, <laughs> whether it's, uh, you know, like I said, previous instances in American past, like uh, uh, it says, nigga, I might have to kill these niggas. That's what Bull Connor said when his German Shepherd bit us, talking about like Birmingham in the 60s. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, like it's. It's like, how do you play this game when death is around you in every sort of way? Yeah. So that's what eulogy is based on. Right? And I am, and I am. I'd rather die enormous than live dormant, that's how we own it. Yeah, and I am, and I am. Nigga, nigga, I might have to kill these niggas. Grim Reaper sowing ways and everything to try to get us. It's death inside my liquor, black and mild in my swisher on my TV pictures. Agents in the matrix when it's glitches. We going into number three, which is Eutropolis. Yes, Eutropolis. Now this has D Horton on there. Yes, I checked him out on. Uh, it was uh, I seen him at a Lobotomics not too long ago. He was dope. Yes, D Horton is real deal. What made you want to put him on this song? Man, I had to work with D Horton, man. Um, funny story, like I met him at a lobotomics. Neither one of us was on the show. Shout out to Club AM, it was they show actually. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, Lobotomics opens up the cipher at the end of uh after every show. Mm-hmm. And I seen him because we had a common friend which was his producer that mm-hmm. did one of his albums. Katie got beats. He actually did the eulogies joint yeah. that you know, we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Um but I was like, Oh, you D Horton, right? He was like, Yeah, and I was like, Okay. <laughs> so, so the cypher came at the end of the night and it was like he was he was gone and I was gone too and I low key thought he was like trying to like challenge me and I was like not on some battle shit but just to show like who could last longer like on some Iron Man match shit <laughs> like, <laughs> but uh you know they cut the lights on it was like y'all dope but both of y'all gotta go home the cypher was, the cypher was longer than the show and after I, I looked at him I was like you the real deal huh he was like likewise bro so it's been like bro, my that's my brother it's been like a brother vibe ever since I Ever since we had that cipher, mm-hmm. um, even from touring with the Ubis Cube, I mean Universal Understanding, two years ago, mm-hmm. uh, he did some dates with us. It also helped kicked off his tour as well. Then, um, if you check out the sessions three, uh, the sessions three P that's out now, mm-hmm. um, you'll see no self lost on there. So he's 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 tough within the camp. Like we all got a respect for him, and 
Um, he's also gonna be at the album release party doing a set there as well. So, right. shout out D Horton. That's that's pretty. Yeah, D Horton's nice, man. When I heard him, at, cause I was like, really, my first time like actually seeing him live at the Lobotomy mix, and he was really good. I mean, he was good, man. Hey, a good dude. So he's a real deal. <laughs> I had to check myself out there. Like, Hold on, <laughs> <laughs> but, but nah, I got I got a lot of respect for D Horton, man. He got a whole city on his back, and he's out here making major noise. So, shout out to him, man. Yeah. But uh, so let's, let's talk about the we talked about D Horn. Let's talk about the track. What's, uh, what's the what's what's up with this? So, Eutropolis. Uh, Eutropolis is uh, my city. That's why it's called Eutropolis, but. In actuality, my city is Birmingham. Mm -hmm. uh, the name Eutropolis comes from the comic book of Metropolis, which is the city of um, where Superman resides. Mm. Um, and he usually has to save the day. Right. In my city, every time we get a hero, they take him away. So there's no hero here right. um, in Eutropolis. Um, not even that I'm trying to be the hero or I am that hero. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just looking around to see who can who can save this city, you know? And the city itself is based off the movie mm -hmm. City of God. Right. Uh, if you've ever seen that movie, like Scarface, Shotters, none of them gangster films got nothing on City of God. City of God is one of the coldest movies I've ever seen in my life. Damn. So <laughs> I still got to watch it, man. Like So you have to get the you have to watch the movie in order to get the song, but that's it's the city of God where God doesn't visit at all. Right. Because first off, God can't visit anywhere because he's everywhere. Right. That's an inside fact. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> at first thought it's like, you know, and looking at the city itself, it's like, is God really here? And will God really save the city with some of the things that we see happen here? Mm -hmm. um, you know, but and then we're taught to believe that mm -hmm. amongst all of this chaos because Birmingham is in the Bible built. So, right. so God is the superhero that has not returned here yet, but that's no shade toward God. Don't twist that the wrong way. Right, right, right. <laughs> These people are looking for God in the wrong ways, but he's already here. Mm -hmm. Blind leading the blind, searching for gold in the landmines. Eyes closed, shut wide. Third eyes bloodshot from point blank headshots of mental ammunition. Light a mission from a prison gleaming, beaming for a cyclops. Professor X meets Mr. X, prophecy of peace, which is needed if the war is necessary for the means. When they're shooting rockets at Lazay to solve the problem in the bigger motion picture, you just pray the Lord's with them in the city of God, where God doesn't visit at all. City of God, where God doesn't visit at all. From silver screen to shell, silver steam. Walk into the sidewalk, hands and end up at the giving tree. That gave it all until it no longer produced the seeds. From lack of water and malnourished, from blood on the leaves. Blood filled the streets of bloods, crips, and G's. Little soldiers recruited before they reach puberty. They time calls before they get time to become a team. Church well. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I completely agree, especially with, with how the city is now, man. It's, I mean, it's coming up. Birmingham's coming up, but I wish we did more, like, for the kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was having a conversation with somebody today about education and how we need to invest more into the education here because if you want Birmingham to have a future, we invest in the youth, we invest in the kids, we invest in them 
actually having a really good education to be able to build this. Like, I want Birmingham to have a future. Yeah. You know I what think, I'm saying? I think everybody does. It's just everybody trying to figure out how. Um, but it's like the wrong people trying to figure out how when the people, and this is no shade towards any a city official or anything, but the people that's had the power in the city and has the true power, not just your councilman, mayor, but the the people that really, really have power in the city. You know, it's like they they come from a long line of people who fought to keep that power. Right. And I'm pretty sure they will they 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 fought and killed to keep that power. Yeah. They'll definitely kill and die to keep that power. <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? So but I yeah. just don't feel. I feel like when like, we hold our kids back, we hold when we hold the kids that live here and go to school here back. We holding Birmingham's future back too. I mean, yeah, but it ain't the city holding the city back. It's the powers that be holding back. You know, it's it's like the movie End Time, where it's like uh, you know, many must die for few to live. Mm-hmm. That's a very real statement. Yeah. But uh, you know, that's a whole other story. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm we can't get too deep. Into we get too deep. Like, yeah, like said, I ain't got no answers. Like, <laughs> We, no neither one of us. We, I'm not, <laughs> yeah, I'm not. That's out my wheelhouse, man. Um, next song. Ubuntu. Yeah, Ubuntu. Ubuntu. Okay. Yeah, Ubuntu yeah. is an. Uh, it's a. It's an African prop. It's an African word which means I am because we are. Um, another thing about the movie City of God, mm. uh, which Eutropolis is based off of, it's a gangster film, but it shows how these kids were recruited into uh, these gangs, these yeah. gang wars, super young. They weren't even in puberty yet, like mm-hmm. maybe 9, 10, 11, 12. Yeah. And coming from that track and growing up in that environment, you know, it creates what uh, mainstream, America, mainstream America sees as savages or uh, gangsters or thugs. When really it's like, it's just emotions of anger, rage, and it translates into violence, but deeper than that, it's like a warrior spirit. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's a it's a warrior class of Africans, in my opinion. Me being black, just relating it to that, it's it's a warrior spirit, um, just misdirected in the totally wrong direction because it's no direction out here. Right. <laughs> like, right. So Ubuntu is uh, that saying means I am because we are, yeah. um, which I know what they're feeling because I've been in that spot. You know what I mean? Like, I've been in that position to have those same emotions, to come up in those environments and know the type of things they think of doing or how it looks to be a gangster when them the only successful people around you or mm-hmm. what respect means to the hood and stuff like that. So I get where they're coming from. And at the same token, I was able to change my direction to something more positive. Right. So. I am them because I've been there before, and yeah. they are me because that shows them they have the ability to go to to use that direction and to use those emotions in a positive direction. Yeah. So it's 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 relatability to the youth. Yeah. So the first and the first verse is really younger me just talking. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Right. The the emotions of younger me rather just talking like you know we don't care about who elected it's whatever and we ready for whatever like. It's the whole I don't give a fuck attitude. Like yeah. that's what the first verse is. And the second verse is me speaking to my younger me, like, you got two options out here. You can go this way, you can go that way, but either one of these, you know, 
I'm not here to judge you for either one of these. Mm -hmm. However, these are still bylaws that you don't do either way. And at the same token, like, you're going to have to pass these lessons down to somebody. Right. And do you want to be able to tell them what you did? You think that's going to be beneficial to the next generation, mm -hmm. what you did? Yeah. Or will you have pride and dignity and be happy to pass down the information of what you did to the next generation? Because they're going to be who you are. Yeah. You're going to. <laughs> <laughs> when I was growing up in the neighborhood and just like gang activity and all that other stuff I was like man that's so yeah relatable you but know even, what I'm saying but the reason I don't throw a lot of shade at gangs is because the gangs was originally invented to protect the neighborhood yeah they were invented to police the police to they had all these duties of the actual neighborhood that they live in mm. rather than just representing this hood and beefing with another hood that was right. never the original purpose of the gangs right. um so i get what it started as but it's definitely lost its way um and it's gonna take because i'm not a gangster but it's gonna take some gangsters to to straighten it out yeah you know what yeah. I mean? So And there's some OGs out there that still That still trying, you know be, what I'm saying? And I respect still, them. Yeah, yeah. It'd be some OGs out there that really be trying to like get all of that stuff out of the, you know what I'm saying? Like just stop all that madness, so Yeah. But it's and a lot of times cause they made the mistakes they didn't want you to make. Like I made some mistakes I don't want people to make. You know what I'm saying? But I think we all have. Yeah. <laughs> And they don't write raps, so they don't know how to translate it as well as I do. So it's, it's hard to tell somebody that. And then you're dealing with the hardest head. Like some of the, we come up in these environments and it gives you so such a tough skin that it makes us some of the most hard head young, young bucks in the world. Like, yeah, man. So it's hard to get that through to the youth. But the only way I feel like you do it is relatability. You have to be able to show you can't because a lot of times you know we've all heard that conversation with older people, mm. gangster not gangster, old sweetheart. You know we weren't that bad when we was young, <laughs> but they never tell us what they did do when they was young. Exactly, so, <laughs> it never. I so mean, it never resonates with us what they're trying to tell us. It's just like shame on the youth, shame on the youth, and it's like nah, you gonna tell them that, that you weren't that bad. You gotta tell them what you did also. Yeah. So yeah. I remember I had a little um I had an OG that used to tell me he went to I mean he did a bid and everything. Thing. He used to tell me like, man, you do not want to be out in these streets, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he used to go in detail, like, yo, like, and it you know, takes, did, you know, I did everything, and you don't, you really don't want to do that, you know what I'm saying? It's, 
it, you right. It does take that for for people to get it through their they head. You know, a lot of people are like you don't know what I'm going through. Like whatever, man. Yeah. <laughs> I told you, this is the last of me. I told you, relatability. Experience <laughs> <laughs> uh, and observation. That's a good thing, man. That's a good With thing. With a sprinkle of relatability. <laughs> nah, a lot of relatability, but, you know, it's, we'll, we'll dive in that later. <laughs> All right. And the last song we're going to get into for this is, you got to do this one. You, you? I'm going to say you, you pay. Yeah, you pay fiasco. You pay fiasco. <laughs> yeah. And tell a little bit, tell people a little bit about this song. All right, so you pay fiasco, which uh, if you follow me online, yeah. you already know. Like I crowd surfed at the Lupe show. Right, <laughs> right. You listen to Hello Spring. I mentioned last spring I crowd surfed at the Lupe show, <laughs> <laughs> which is a dream come true because Lupe is has to be one of my favorite rappers of all time. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you was at this like if you was at that show like. I didn't even start in front of the stage. I started like on the side, but I was so turned because <laughs> hip hop saved my life came on. And that's like one of the songs I hold very near and dear. Like yeah. that I know word for word, every bar of, like I probably know the ad libs too. Like I love that song because uh-huh. it's so real for me. Right. But that song came on, I lost my mind. He point, he, he saw me out of the whole, the whole building full of people. It was like, you, I need you and Frank because you know how this go. And I was like, me? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so uh, it was just recalling a good memory from that night. Um, but I made the song that he was rapping about in Hip Hop Save My Life. Uh, oh, that's cool. Uh, a bass heavy medley with a sample from the 70s and right. a screwed up hook that went stack that cheese. Yeah. Something, something, Stack that, that cheese. <laughs> Mother, sister, cousin, stack that cheese. I made the song he was rapping about. Now, with all due respect, I know the song itself is about Slim Thug. I don't know if Slim Thug ever made that song or not. Right. But I decided I was going to make the song. <laughs> and just in case he didn't. Um, but I know the song is inspired uh, from Slim Thug. Um, inspired by Slim Thug, I would say that. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to make the song and pay homage to it because, like I said, Lupe is just one of the coldest with a pen. It's one of my favorite artists. Mm-hmm. I got a memory that my grandkids gonna hear about from Lupe <laughs> Fiasco. He wanted the goats, man. Like, you know, it was it was just too much that is is I couldn't ask for more. For Lupe to come to my hometown of Birmingham, Alabama. He's a Chicago rapper. Mm-hmm. I mean people listen to Lupe everywhere, but it's Lupe in right. Birmingham, Alabama. Right. <laughs> and to be singled out at a Lupe concert and crowd surfing at his show, and he cheered me on. Like, <laughs> he just as crumb and talking to me the whole show. Like, that was like, that's a lifetime moment, man. I'll never forget that. Um, and that really sparked the whole, that year and a half I was talking about. That right. that was the first day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After that, I was like, I, I can do anything. I went skydiving, I went on cruises. Sliding the city, zip lining, trampoline park. And it's not even just doing all of those extravagant things. It just put me in a place where I was so happy that I was like, I ain't never losing this happiness. You know, <laughs> I need to be this happy all the time. You know right. what I mean? And it changed. That didn't. That wasn't the first thing that changed my thinking, but it was like I felt like one of those, one of those big steps that I needed to be like, you know what? Ain't nothing worth me stressing over. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's everything going to be okay regardless. Because I was going through something before that. Right. And that day, that same day, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and, and it actually, 
and that that was my moment. I was like, man, fuck all this shit. I'm gonna be happy. Okay, <laughs> yeah. what's going on? I'm I'm gonna be happy until I leave. Yeah. you know what I'm saying. So yeah, once you find that happiness, dog, like Keep you'll that. never want to let it go after you've been through whatever. It's like, yo, I got my happy. I got my groove got, back. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Like I done got. I done, I done, I can. I can. Like Walk tall, you know what I'm saying? It ain't all sunshine every day. Like, shit happens, you know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't, I ain't here to front. Like, shit don't happen. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, um, I, I I never go to sleep angry. I never go to sleep sad. Like, right. Because I realize how lucky I am, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm probably between 85 and 90 percent of the time i'm completely happy yeah and everything else is like either a challenge a task or an obstacle and i just look at it as whichever one classified and handle it that way but other than that i'm happy That's like the one track I do storytelling rap on because right. it's like my own personal story of how I started rapping. Since I took the made the song from Hip Hop Saved My Life, I went through my hip hop career dating back to when I first wanted to do this. Right. Up until current. So <laughs> you know, and then that also incepts me into the story from the from, you know, the first four tracks being so based off like mentality, environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, obstacles and objectives like mm-hmm. you know setting the tone with those first four tracks it allows me to embed myself into the story mm-hmm. and puts us at current day and then the rest of the album you know follows from you know not me today but from the idea that I'm trying to get across up into a, a 20 a late 20 something year old yeah. going through life yeah yeah Listening, like I've heard, like I, I keep telling everybody because I'm, I feel super <laughs> privileged. But I've heard the whole, the whole project, and it's really good. Um, you did your thing on it, man. Like for real. Thank you. Man. And I like, I like the story that it tells and, the, and how everything kind of ties in together. And there's a happy ending <laughs> at the end of the story. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I I really I really enjoyed uh, listening to that and uh, hopefully everybody else will too. Um, as far as 
what else you gonna have going on other than just because uh, you know I don't want everybody to to come out and support. So what else are you gonna be having going on besides um, just dropping the album? Uh, the album drops on September first. Also, the music video for Ubuntu will drop on September first. We have the silent listening party that evening of September first at Saturn, Birmingham. If you're in that area, um, September second we have the album release party where I'll actually be performing the album. Uh, the Monastery, D Horn, and Madame B while being in the building as well. Um, I'm also looking at kicking off the mini tour same mm -hmm. time. So we have a few dates. Um, I think we're in Prattville the 8th of this month. Mm -hmm. um, we'll be in Jackson, Mississippi the 14th of this month. Uh, we doing Trucks by the Tracks in Birmingham on the 17th of this month. Uh, well, all of this month being September. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, and I mean, we'll, we'll basically be doing dates from then until December the 1st. But I do have other items that's going to launch later. Uh, the album launches on LDLRmusic.com September 1st. It hits mm -hmm. streaming services on September 8th. Uh, you'll be able to purchase the uh, the full compact disc, like the box set, mm. on uh, September 14th. The t-shirts will be available September 28th. And I think the Ubix Cube Manifesto, which is a book, it's a breakdown of like the lyrics, the samples that we use, who's featured. Uh, the motives, the inspiration, same thing we were doing here today, mm. but in more detail. Um, that book will actually be available in mid October. I think gonna start shipping out. So. Okay. So it's a little different. So I mean, <laughs> that's a lot, though. I mean, yeah. I think. Um, would you say you put uh, a ton into this project? It did. I, yeah, I did. I did. I, I put a whole lot into it, and you know, and that's and, but that's how it's been the following winter. It's like these super long math equations and I know the result I'm looking for is just working out the problem. Right. Whether it's writing the music, figuring out how to do this, how to do that, uh, what avenues to take, how is this rollout going to be? You know, that's what the following winter is used for developing everything so that these ideas can, these extravagant ideas can come to life as best as I can make it happen. Hmm. So, yeah, so we put a lot into it, but... It'll, it'll, I feel like it'll all be worth it once it's said and done. Yeah, I think so too, man. I'm excited. I'm excited for all of it, man. So now I gotta be, I gotta be at all these different events. <laughs> gotta get a book. I gotta get a shirt. I love the um the artwork you got too. The cover art and everything like that is. That's it's not really the cover. <laughs> See you you pull you you you're pulling the fast one on me. <laughs> So you gonna have uh, so when the when the album drops, the real cover will be out. Yep. Okay. I uh, I have to wait like everybody else. That sucks. <laughs> I have to wait like everybody else, but it's cool. I do what I I do what I have to do. What else you got for the people, man? And let them know your social media. Let them know everything before we, before we, before we roll out. I am. That's A N D I A M E U G E. N I U S on all social medias. You can search Eugenius Neutron, that'll probably pop up just as well. Um, be sure to check out LD 
LR Music. That's Loner, Dreamer, Lover, Rebel Music. Um, that has some of the best artists that you need to hear. Um, artists like myself, King Latrice, Love More, No Self Foster, D Skills, Madam Butterfly, Baron Amon, India Rashad. Uh, D-Man, shout out to the Robot House family, uh, Koji the Bandit, Sways, Tobin Bay, Inkwell, uh, Izzy the Producer, um, shout out to the other producers on the album like Kamal, um, Presley P, um, everybody that had any type of contribution to the project, but make sure you, you know, follow and see what we got going on. It's a lot of dope talent out here, um, so much that you need to hear. Come experience with us, man, kick it. Like, grab an album, grab a shirt, grab a book, do whatever you need to do, but, you know, in, enjoy it the way you best know how, so. So, basically, support. <laughs> <laughs> basically, get off your ass and support, please, because that's, I mean, come on, man. Y'all already know. It was a pleasure. I pre, it's always, now, look. This is out. This, no, nah, bro, look. Now, this is listening to campaign. This ain't no interview, so Gretchen. you owe me. You you owe me an interview after you kind of get through. When before you go into hibernation again, you gotta give me an interview before you go into hibernation. Can you do that for me? Yeah, I ain't going into hibernation until like maybe fall of twenty eighteen. Okay. Every other year, okay. <laughs> I, have to, I have to catch the bear before it goes into the cage. Oh, <laughs> so make sure you guys stay tuned after this, so you guys can listen to the first five songs off of Eugenius and the Project. The Ubik's Cube. The Ubik. I can't talk, bro. The Ubik's Cube. I'm gonna get it right one day. <laughs> Appreciate your time, bro. Thank you, man. All right, man. Hey, y'all have a good one.